You're listening to The Echoes with me, Emily Andrew, the self-development podcast that explores personal stories, powerful tools, and an insight into the wide world of mental, physical, and spiritual health. Get ready to get curious, be inspired, and connect in. Welcome back to another episode of The Echoes. This episode is... A continuation, I guess, of a an episode that I recorded four years ago. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about sobriety, about my own personal journey with sobriety, and I guess how you, if you're interested in exploring your relationship with alcohol, how you can navigate some of the traditional kind of challenges that we face. And I say it's a continuation because on my old podcast, Tribe Talk, I recorded an episode, I think a few months into my, what was then, year without alcohol. And if you are interested to see what my perspective was back then, then you can head over to that podcast and check it out. But I myself listened to it back and a lot of the thoughts are quite similar still, but actually what I realized most was that when I first quit drinking and decided that I was going to go a year without drinking alcohol, at that point, I don't think I had really fully faced how problematic my relationship with alcohol had become. And I went and I did a podcast interview uh, for somebody else's podcast the other day. And I really reflected on the fact that after experiencing eating disorders for almost a decade, I had transferred food as my coping mechanism into alcohol as my coping mechanism with life. And I think a lot of people maybe do it the other other way around as well. They might quit drinking if they have a problem with drinking, but then they get really, really into their fitness and their exercise. And actually, it's really important to acknowledge that it's okay to transfer these things but if you really want to find true freedom I think it's about understanding the reasons why you need those coping mechanisms looking at the core beliefs that you have around yourself and that's when kind of the real work begins and personally I think that these four years of being alcohol free have been some of the most expansive years of my life and I'm living a life that I literally would never have imagined. I definitely identified myself as an all or nothing kind of person. So it wasn't just a case of, you know, I could have like a glass of wine and I'd be content. I mean, sometimes I could, but I didn't really see the point. Like, what was the point in drinking if you're not going to get drunk? And I'd never, I could go a long time without drinking. I wasn't drinking every day. But I definitely found myself realizing that my relationship with alcohol had become problematic, which is why I just thought, you know what, actually, I need a break and I need a longer than a month break. I need to figure out, I want to understand how, what this is, like, why do I feel the need to escape from life? Why do I need to black out and think nothing? Why do I find it so hard to live as myself, in my body, in my mind? What is it that I'm trying to run from? And when you stop drinking, you 
have to really figure out how to sit with the uncomfortable. And sometimes the uncomfortable thing is yourself, is life, is the way that you think, the way that you behave and act. And with curious compassion, each thing I came against, I really let myself feel and understand and not judge. And when I could do that, that's when I could actually choose a different way of doing things. When I first stopped drinking, there is no way I thought I'd still not be drinking four years later. Absolutely no way, because alcohol was quite a big part of my life. It was the way I celebrated. It was the way I wound down after a day. It was how I commiserated. And it's so accepted and it's so it's such part of society. So I've actually tried to record and I actually have recorded this episode twice already. And the reason why I'm hoping third time lucky, the reason why I had to or decided to wait and think about this is because I feel like part of me wants to say I haven't really gone through any challenges in the last four years. But when I say that out loud, that isn't true. It's it's actually quite a ridiculous statement. Um, I think in my head I'm saying I haven't gone through any like really traumatic times, really big periods of grief and I honestly don't know whether alcohol would cross my mind in those moments now but you can never say never. Because I haven't stopped drinking because I can't drink anymore. I've stopped drinking because I've chosen to and that's the difference for me. It isn't a I can't or I shouldn't, it's a choice. Every single day it's a choice. And some days I do find myself going, oh, I could really, I could really have a drink. But actually that's an old response. But actually if I sit with it, I don't want to drink. It's a pre-programmed response that is, is getting weaker. And it's just a sign Basically, in that moment, I'm saying I'm struggling, like I'm finding it hard to cope with whatever is going on. Or maybe I feel as though I'm missing something. And whether that's a preconceived idea about missing out or, you know, that kind of thing, that's the question, that's the thing to explore. Another reason why I decided to wait and record it now is because the episode that I recorded before were before a holiday and when I'm talking about challenges I'm talking about different situations so I I quit drinking in April 2019 and that made me 11 months sober when the pandemic hit so effectively for a few years at least a full year drinking wasn't really a I, I didn't miss out on those moments of going out with friends and not being the one to drink I didn't have those experiences that many people do come up against really early on in their sobriety and I guess I had had a year you know I'd had that that year that 11 months but the way that I presented me not drinking to the people around me my friends to my family was I'm just doing a bit of an experiment to see if I can not drink for a year and I'm seeing what happens and I'm seeing how I feel and people accepted that you know I'm very lucky in my life that a lot of my friends and family didn't really question it 
as a woman, a lot of people will get the, are you pregnant or are you trying for a baby question? And for me, that wasn't a triggering question. It was just a no, which was very true at the time. I didn't, children weren't on my radar when I quit drinking. And it was only, I really think that the clarity of sobriety and the clarity of being able to get off my medication for my anxiety, because that was definitely a really big win that I had by quitting drinking and kind of having that clear focus and understanding that actually I am stronger than I believe. I can deal with stuff. I don't need to use alcohol to hide who I am, to mask who I am. And I had stopped running from the parts of myself that I was trying to hide from. And I had to get really honest and start showing up as who I actually was. And I, in that break, ended up realizing that actually maybe I did want to be a mum. Maybe that was something that I was interested in having in my life. And I honestly don't think I would have come to that conclusion if I had still been drinking. Because I wasn't being authentically me when I was drinking. And I'm not saying that that's true for everybody. But for me, that was the case. Drinking was a way to cope with life, cope with myself and also to numb down who I actually was because part of me wasn't really sure who that person was. So it was easier to drink and it was easier to shut my mind off and it was easier to deal with the consequences as crappy as they were. When I woke up in the morning, I didn't remember what happened the night before. When I didn't know what I'd said, when I said some really stupid, untruthful stuff when I was drunk. And there was so much shame that I had to plod through from when I had had too many and I had blacked out because some people took advantage of that and used it against me. And people will sometimes do that. And I had to get through the shame of feeling like I'd done something wrong, even when I hadn't, and kind of allow myself to forgive myself for all the mistakes that I had made when I was drinking and all the mistakes that, you know, I I hadn't made. So I guess I did go through challenges in the four years. But part of me wanted to wait until after I went on holiday because that was the first holiday that we'd been on. And it was an all-inclusive holiday. We We hadn't been away since we got married in 2018. And even then it wasn't an all-inclusive thing. So we just figured, you know, pop it on the credit card, (laughs) go on an all-inclusive holiday because it's easier with a two-year-old. And it was. But I honestly didn't know whether I'd want to drink there. And again, because it is an option for me, I thought I'm going to wait and see if I drink, if I want to drink, and also if I do drink, how that is. And I wanted to kind of be able to report it, but I got through the holiday and I didn't want to drink once. And whether that's because I was there with a two year old and the stresses of, you know, having to be a parent and alert all the time, I don't know. But I felt I feel a bit more peace at peace now with the fact that maybe I am not a drinker. Um, and and I know from experience that I can have fun without drinking. The first year that I stopped drinking, so that first December in 2019, I ended up 
on stage in front of hundreds of people at my husband's Christmas party rapping the entire lyrics of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Sober as a judge, everyone else was absolutely pissed around me and it was one of the most fulfilling and free moments ever. And that was the moment when I knew if anyone tried to tell me that I was boring for not drinking, I knew that I wasn't because I'm not a boring person. And I enjoy being around people when they're relaxed and happy and fun. So I don't feel triggered or I don't judge people for drinking and having fun because all for you, great. And I don't find that a toxic environment to be in personally. When you start having the same conversations with people over and over again, that's when maybe I'll make my little Irish exit and leave. But I generally don't mind the whole thing. Obviously, I'm older, so clubbing is not in my (laughs) repertoire of things that I do. But I know I can dance my ass off sober. I did that when I went to the big retreat. And obviously, I was there for work, but there was a lot of times there when I wasn't working. And I had some of the best time ever. And I was on my own, and I was sober. And the connections that I made at that festival, and even when I was on my own and just dancing in a field to Top Loader and Got Kwan, they were some of the best moments for me. And I think when you quit drinking or if you take a break from drinking, it can feel scary that you're missing out on those fun times in life. And I've definitely felt that and I have kind of reflected back on the good times because you always reflect back on the good times and I've got so many amazing memories in my life that involve drinking crazy memories times when you're just like how am I alive you know all of that stuff and that was because a lot of my life revolved around drinking especially when I was younger you know in my teens and in my early 20s alcohol was a huge part of my life so therefore I have so many memories that are good and what I've come to realise that it it's okay for me to miss those times because I'm not actually missing the alcohol. I'm not missing, you know, the effect that it had on me. I'm missing the people and the feelings and the experiences that I had. And the longer that I'm sober, the more amazing experiences I have, the connections that I have, and I'm making more memories sober now. So I will have like a bigger portfolio of memories that prove to me that actually I don't need to have a drink and I can still have a really amazing life and that's not to say that it's been a really easy ride for the entirety of things alcohol often you see especially in films it's that thing to go to when you are desperately sad or all of those things and there were times in the last four years where I have felt so upset it's felt like a physical like it's felt a physical grief and I've been lucky enough not to have lost anybody physically from the world in the last four years but I have lost one of what I considered a really important relationship which was a friendship and that hurt more I think than any other breakup I've ever been through in my life because this person was really important to me and they are you know important to me still I have love for them but 
they're not in my life anymore and that hurt and god i wanted to not be feeling that hurt and feeling that feeling of crying so hard that it feels like your heart is going to come out of your mouth and you've been kicked in the stomach and the crotch all at once <laughs> like there is a part of me that would have loved to have skipped that and numbed it with alcohol but i think that the beauty of life is that we do have these emotions you know difficult challenging or elating because we're meant to live our life in full color and i think that when i was drinking i wasn't really i wasn't really getting the fullness of emotion because i was kind of skipping the bits i didn't want but in then return just dumb, dumbing down and and dimming the good stuff as well because my memories not the best and so therefore when it it's you know I've got that alcohol in my system I couldn't really remember much at all and that in itself can be really dangerous and really problematic this isn't a podcast about how alcohol can affect you or why you shouldn't drink but what I want to offer is just an insight into my own experience because I know a lot of people are actually interested in people that don't drink because it is maybe not so much now but it, it is quite a rare thing unless somebody has got an addiction and, and has kind of put themselves out there as having a problem with alcohol where they cannot drink it anymore or they feel they cannot drink it anymore or if they've never really touched alcohol in their life for personal, spiritual, religious reasons. There aren't really that many people, unless you're in this world, that it, you come across that don't drink at all. And sometimes I forget that because I have got quite a few people like that in my life now because you attract what you give out. So I think by being able to just talk about it and say we exist, we're actually really enjoying life and we can do insane, silly, fun, exciting, wonderful, life-affirming stuff just as much as the next person is an important point to make. When I put the topic of this podcast out on Instagram and I asked what people wanted to know and the biggest questions that I got were how do you deal with other people? judging, deal with the questions, how do you start? And my way isn't the only way, obviously, but the whole approaching it like an experiment thing was a really good way for me because it meant that every day was a choice. I hadn't committed to something that I had put set rules on. I said, like, I'm going to try and do a year without alcohol and just see what happens as a bit of an experiment. So in that, I wasn't saying alcohol is bad or subconsciously saying alcohol is bad. I want to make my life better and I don't believe I can make my life better without drinking. You know, some elements for me, I think, were true in those statements, especially in terms of trying to make my life better. But... Because I wasn't doing it and saying it 
in quite a explosive way, I guess, I wasn't threatening to other people. Because I think sometimes when we change, when we take steps or we take action that changes our behavior, the people around us can see that as a reflection of themselves or a threat to themselves. So by us turning around and not drinking, they may be picking up subconsciously, oh, so you think drinking's bad, I drink, so therefore you think what I do is bad. So that's why so many people justify their relationship with alcohol when you quit or take a break or whatever you want to call it. Because it isn't a reflection, it isn't, and it actually hasn't got anything to do with you. It's got more to do with them. And if they feel threatened because you've taken a choice that is ultimately going to better your physical and mental health, if they see that as a negative, then that is something to note. Because for me, I want people in my life that are going to be the cheerleaders, that are going to hold me to account when I need to be held to account. But the people that aren't threatened by my actions and will support that when it is an authentic and true to myself action. So I'm very lucky that I didn't have much of that in my life. You know, my members of my family still drink and it's not a problem. I've maybe had a couple of times when I've said, oh, no, thank you. You know, if there's been champagne around when I've had somebody going, oh, come on, it's a celebration. That literally happened last month. (laughs) So I just replied, it would be a shame to waste four years. And they went, oh, yeah, of course. And that's the thing. Most people forget that I don't drink because really they don't really care that much. It's not really that important in their lives that I don't drink. The only person that it really affects is me and it's positively affected my relationship and it's positively affected my life. But that's it, you know? So it's really nobody's business. You don't have to justify yourself. And I wonder for the people that are really concerned about the questions. I wonder how much people pleasing shows up in your life. How much kind of living for others or perhaps trying to mirror other people's behavior around you, there is showing up in your life. Because the judgment of other people is something that we can put a lot of energy and worry and thought into. But actually, when we can free ourselves from that, it doesn't mean that we suddenly stop trying to be a good person and we're, you know, we're screwing everybody else and we don't care about other people's feelings and thoughts. That's not what I'm saying. But when we can actually stop living our life for other people and by other people, that's when we are more likely to feel authentically into who we are naturally. And therefore, the need to escape our life because it isn't authentic and it isn't serving us that need to escape that alcohol drugs food exercise whatever addiction you might resonate with that isn't really as strong because we don't need to escape anymore because every challenge that comes along we've got the coping mechanisms and the skills because you have to learn this stuff can't just stop drinking which is a huge coping mechanism and then not learn others so whether that is EFT whether that's meditation whether that is breath work whether that is talking therapy whether that is going out in nature whether that is going to the gym and like being able to move your body in a positive way whatever that is you need to develop the coping mechanisms which is going to build that resilience 
because the more that you do it, the more it's it's like a muscle. The more you do it, the stronger it will get, and it will you'll be able to face any negativity that comes towards you. And obviously, the thing to look out for is making sure that the coping mechanism doesn't become the addiction. Like I said right at the beginning, it's so easy for us to stop drinking and then try and control the world around us with our relationship with food, like trying to be as healthy as possible. Um, going into extreme fitness regimes or routines or going into kind of diet behavior because you're just applying the same principles that you had to alcohol into that area of your life. And it might serve you for a bit and it might help you to get off the alcohol, which is brilliant, but it in itself can cause problems because obviously if you develop an unhelpful or unhealthy relationship with food, whether that looks like binge eating or you know, extreme dieting, or once your happiness is dependent on your success or failure in that area, that's when it isn't as helpful as a coping mechanism anymore. Because exercise is one that can be a coping mechanism in a healthy way and an unhealthy way. And that's the whole point. It isn't about the substance, it's about the relationship to the substance that matters. So I'm still curious because obviously I've now amassed over four years. It'll be five years in April, which is wild. (laughs) And there's a part of me that is a bit like, I don't want to ruin my streak, you know? I've done four years and that is an achievement. And I do wonder if maybe I have that all or nothing mindset still playing out. Perhaps, yeah, it's in a good, it's a better way because, you know, I'm not, I'm abstaining from alcohol, but maybe that part, there is a part of me that is still like, well, I've got this four years, so I've got the all right now. What if I have the nothing? And I'm quite confident that because I have done all the work in the meantime, if I did drink again, it wouldn't be the same relationship that I had with it before. But equally, I don't really see the point in drinking again. I'm at that point. And I'm open to change and I'm open to, you know, maybe one day my son might get married and I might want to have a glass of champagne at his wedding. You know, there are those moments in life that maybe maybe I might want to be involved in that way. And maybe I won't. There's no point worrying about the future because it's just robbing you of the present. It's that age-old saying, isn't it? So if you are interested in changing your relationship with alcohol I always say look at what it is now before trying to figure out what you want it to be and notice the parts of your relationship with alcohol that don't serve you is it that you're drinking too much is it that you're drinking at certain specific times so if we were going to look at alcohol cravings with EFT we would tap on what we like about alcohol whether it's the taste whether it's the feeling there's a lot of reward going on with alcohol um it's a societal thing, like, oh, have a drink, you deserve it, you know, that kind of thing, you've had a really hard day, you deserve a drink, and you can tap through all of those elements of it, like what you like about it, situationally, do you reach for a drink at a certain time of day, do you drink when you're feeling a certain way, are there certain times in your life that you drink, and then you can go deeper and actually think about, is there any emotional attachment in terms of people to alcohol, when you're drinking, does it 
feel like it brings you closer to somebody, whether that is somebody that is here or some in, in person or whether that is somebody that's passed. And it's really interesting to look at all of these different nuances to the relationship because when you tap through them, that's all part of the cravings work. You know, you think about the taste and the look and the smell and the presentation and all of that stuff. But that's like the top of the cake in cravings work and all of the other stuff in terms of the people, the situations, that's when you can really start to enable yourself to disjoint those neural connections and choose your new way of working. So if you're listening to this and you are curious about quitting drinking, there are so many different resources out there that you can explore. There are really beautiful sober communities. There's some fantastic books that I mentioned in my previous podcast episode, but there is so much sober literature out there now, which is wonderful. And also just figure out why you want to do it. Because unless we get clear on our why, it will be too easy to stay in our safe space. And that's true of any change. Unless we want to figure out why, and we're willing to sit with ourselves and sit with the uncomfortable feeling and learn who we really are, then it won't be a lasting change because it will just be kind of a flash in the pan. Because it is easier to stay as we are. It's easier to stay in the uncomfortable, even though it's uncomfortable because it's familiar and that has become safe for us. I hope that you were able to take something from this episode. And if you have found it helpful, please make sure you leave a review on the podcast. Send me a message on Instagram at wearemindbody. Let me know how you are, what your experience is. And if there's someone that you think would benefit from this conversation, then please just share it with them. Just say, hey, I was listening to this and I was thinking about you. I'm really looking forward to seeing you again next time for another episode of The Echoes. And I hope wherever you're listening to this, you're having a wonderful day.